0: I've got tackle two. I have no try. Ziggy says ground control. Is that a try? I'm getting all fired up. I'm all fired up and lonesome.
1: Hello and welcome to Fire Up,
2: episode eight, 2022. Episode eight. We're almost a third of the way through the season, and some alarming patterns have been emerging. I'm Dennis Carnahan, joined by a once again sulky Redfern Pat. After his rabbits went down to the resurgent, resurrected Tigers. And a positively ebullient Chris Gale after his only way is up. Tigers full of heart, love for their club, love for their coach, love for each other. Ground down the hapless bunnies to get revenge and redemption for the golden point nightmare they endured last year. Resurgent, resurrected, revenge, redemption,
1: rugby league.
2: What a huge weekend of rugby league it was. A weekend of huge crowds. A weekend of huge scores. But the finest moment was seeing the arrogant, upstart, classless, graceless Panthers finally getting their comeuppance. Getting cut down to size. Getting a rugby
1: league lesson in humility at the price of
0: hubris. Dennis Dennis Carnahan, you have gone mad. You have finally lost it. We're meant to be an objective show. The Panthers beat the Raiders comprehensively. Please just accept No, no,
2: no, no, Chris. I'm talking about the Sawtell Panthers getting their Panther pants pulled down by the mighty Arara Valley Axemen run by a friend of the show and hopefully, if negotiations go well, sponsor of Fire Up through his 700 bags to 1,200 bags Jerky Boys business, Sam Burgess's Arara Valley Axemen. Cut them down to size. Chris, you've been negotiating with the Jerky Boys for this Fire Up sponsorship, especially with their... Hot and spicy, extra hot and spicy, and extreme chili. How are the negotiations going?
0: Well, Dennis, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but Mm -hmm. simply to say, when you're talking about sponsorship with Jerky Boys, you're not really talking about revenue. You're talking about bags. (laughs) And so they're trying to put a price on how many bags of the product they'll ship us for giving them a good plug uh, on this very venerable podcast, and I do stand corrected. I apologise for suggesting that you have lost your objectivity with the Canberra Raiders, because let's face it, you lost that decades ago.
2: <laughs> it's never, i don't know that it's ever been there. But what a win for the ages! The fifty-eight to four. He smashed the Clint Greenshields, the former NRL star Clint Greenshields. I loved know, his work. 30 games at the Dragons or something?
0: Yeah, six at the Cowboys. Um, that's, that's a star brain. in anyone's that's language. That's
2: an NRL star, absolutely. And, but it does set up the interstate clash with the Greg Inglis coached oh. Maxville Sea Eagles. Wow. Of course, Maxville, the home of you know Maxville Matt Gillette and you know, Greg himself. <laughs> played there. So all the Queenslanders are going to be at Queensland versus New South Wales, Coach by. What a great weekend it's going to be.
0: Gosh, Rugby Lee moves quickly. It's a while since I've heard the words Matt Gillette mentioned. <laughs> and look, I believe GI actually had 20 solid minutes for his Maxville boys. Yes. And you've actually been able to uncover the program from the Arara Valley Axeman's. And that, let's face it, the club has been in the wilderness for the last two years. So this mm. is a tremendous return, as indeed it was for Sortel, albeit less tremendous. <laughs> Sam was 18th man. Sam was 18th man. Well, he was down as 18th man. So, uh, so we were three HIAS away
2: <laughs> from a Birdie comeback.
0: What do they do for the independent doctor when the axemen go out there? Oh, it's in the bunker. Still in the bunker. Yeah, Still true in the it. bunker. And we'll get onto the independent doctor a bit later. But Well, that's Volandis, isn't it? He's, I believe he's <laughs> always looking for revenue streams, and he's now charging a pretty penny to regional rugby league as he tries to <laughs> snuff the New South Wales rugby league out of existence Absolutely uh, yes. for use of the bunker.
2: But speaking of the sponsorship of Fire Up, yes. it's wonderful that we can officially announce another brand new sponsor for Fire Up, the St. George Illawarra Dragons. How exciting is that? Oh, it's so much. And I'm sure our listeners will be delighted to hear it. But you, I was at Wynn, the ironically named Wynn Stadium last week and I saw it come up on the big screen. And again, it came up yesterday at the Old Girl.
0: Well, Dennis, can I simply say I was there and mm. I was there in the company of co-creator of Fire Up, which I have to say under legal instructions apparently every week now I'll have to mention <laughs> co-creators of Fire Up. Stephen Ferris and Brett Oten, but I was there in the company of Stephen Ferris in the Nobbs stand sorry the Noble stand and uh, it, the, the the logo just like it emblazoned across the screen oh the graphics the fire coming out and said
2: fire
1: up
0: and this will excite you Dennis at that very moment media commentator and host of the back page Tony Squires turned to us and gave us the two thumbs up how about that I mean that is that's mainstream media success right was, there was Brett Oten there Look. Hi, Brett. How are you? He was sitting somewhere different to we were, and he was concerned about the Roosters' too many errors and the speed of the game was not to his liking. Right. They weren't, they weren't being allowed to slow it down in the ruck. Yeah, the, the good news is that it's not panic stations yet amongst the Roosters' boys. Give it two weeks. But mm. somehow out of that game, believe it or not... 're likening that performance as an indicator that says we're on the same trajectory as 2018 2019. now I don't know what game they were watching but certainly not what I saw out there I thought the dragons were in the ascendancy pretty much the whole game and deserved their triumph
2: Yeah, they did I mean, it did look it did look like the referee was very much trying to play the big game card yes and and give you know oh, it wasn't as bad as it looked that forceful high, <laughs> Con- direct contact to the
0: head tackle Wasn't as bad as it looked, he says Well, you're talking about the 2 tackle And we will come to that mm. But, you know, I'm campaigning that they're not called high tackles anymore They're called head, head tackles yep. Let me tell you, that was the upper hemisphere of uh, Ravalara's cranium that Tupu collided with. It wasn't ambivalent or abstract or uncertain. He wasn't uncertain. falling.
2: He didn't trip over. He wasn't on his way <laughs> in, down. In he, fact, he, he, he actually did have somewhere else to be. In, it, it wasn't like...
0: I know. In fact, I thought Ravalara was up on his toes when he mm. was collided with. Yeah. But that was
2: the Anzac Day game. Well, one of the Anzac Day games. And Anzac Day was all about respect. And I, I do have to say, the NRL does do it really well. And the the, the things before each game were fantastic and moving and that So I was, I was at I, was I, I assume you're
0: referring to ceremonies the ceremonies yeah. Not,
2: yeah, not the games themselves but the ceremonies were wonderful um, I presume someone else takes them over although um,
0: well, I was busy this weekend I had a lot on mm. including the PWA King of the Rumble where from this very institution we're broadcasting from Dancing Clancy Overall made a fantastic appearance and alienated the entire state of New South Wales do get on the Batuta Advocate Socials and have a look but I watched all eight ceremonies mm-hmm and then I watched the Tigers on replay after our show and just the St. George <laughs> Roosters game, which I was at. Because like if I'm going to watch anything, I'm going to go to the ceremony over the game every time. And yep. in, given some of the bludger scorelines that are involved, it was a pretty good decision, I think.
2: Mm, I, I, I would have loved a flyby. I know there were some flybys. Haas had some some flybys over the state it would have been nice to have a Mustang flyover, or just something a caribou just something to give a bit of a <laughs> into it
0: I think I was in bed at about 10.30 in the morning and I heard a jet thundering over and I go that's a little bit early for the SCG we did get <laughs> parachutists though we got parachuters, and they were on target. None of them landed on the roof of the SFS, yes. which was always a
2: great deal That'd be very uncomfortable right There was now. no Black Hawk coming in and, and uh, showing off its problems. Um, although I did, I love the halftime race. Now, we all love a halftime race with mascots. Well, these are halftime races with, I think there was a team from Townsville and a team from Brisbane who were, I could be quite wrong with that, and they had a 105mm howitzer at one end of the field, and they had to it was set up to fire. They had to pack it up and then run it down the field, then reset it to fire. And this personally brought back memories I've never had, because my grandpa, that was what he did in World War One. He pulled one of those guns up the hill um, on Anzac morning. That's, and I actually got very emotional there. It's
0: a very stirring non-memory that you had there, Jeez. Dennis. It also sounds like one of the uh, tasks they did on SAS Australia this season. But... Uh, they
2: probably weren't doing it under fire.
0: You mentioned uh, mascot races, mm. and, and everybody talks about mascot races and you know the fastest person in rugby league races, dot, 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 come grand final. Last night on 100% Footy, they captured footage of the Melbourne Storms ball kid oh, yes! racing down the right-hand touchline, and the venerable Gus Gould proposed ball kid race in the grand final, and I've got to support him on that. That's a great idea. Isn't Gus it? is he's he's he might not be the game's greatest sinker, but he's he's up there. Yeah, and of course, absolutely mandatory, you've got to be carrying the ball whilst well, running. Well otherwise you're not a ball kid. That's right. At all.
2: And I presume if Gus is organized. <laughs> just a kid. It, they'll be fight, they'll be each followed by a drone. Yes. Because Gus is a big lover of drones. And there was some um some respect at uh at Suncorp Stadium where <laughs> Some drunken idiot has yelled out, and this is it has divided people saying that the the bulldogs fan who give him a couple um, you know violence isn 't the answer you 've got to say violence isn 't the answer at the same time. maybe you earned it
0: Yeah, okay. so unsurprisingly, given he was feeling fairly secure on home turf, it was an idiot Broncos fan, and I have to say because I was watching the ceremony, mm. I heard it, and I said this can 't be anything but trouble, and sure enough, someone in a bulldog's top took justice into his own hands. There's some rumour, it's actually the Bulldogs' strength and conditioning coach, which belies the fact they're not doing so well. And, of course, he's given him plenty, uh, many blows, a rain of blows, if you like.
2: Rained down upon him. Now,
0: obviously, uh, the Broncos idiot, you know, some of the idiots that follow Australian sport, He'll get his comeuppance, and we'll get a five-year ban. I'm assuming from Court Stadium. Yep. The interesting thing is because the community is divided about. Well, you know, if there's one area where you could finally show just at least a modicum of respect, mm. it's during the last post that this uh, Bulldog strength and conditioner coach has received a five-year ban from Court Stadium and life membership. He has. Yeah, absolutely. Wow,
2: that wow. Which because the interesting which it makes was... everybody happy
0: because
2: <laughs> <laughs> the. It wasn't just him. like he, he rained the blows down, but then a number of Broncos fans, there was no one sort of pushing back. Everyone's like, you know, you're right. No, and they, and he was, he no, no. everyone's going,
0: where's my phone? Where's my phone?
2: <laughs> yes, indeed they were. And then there was, uh, again, going about respect, um, the arrogant and classless Panthers.
0: Now they're, oh, they're... Sorry, I thought you were going to say Corey Horsborough in the warm-ups oh, during the last post.
2: No, no. The, look, Corey has come out and on fire-ups, um, blowing up Deluxe. There's a copy of his, and he's pretty much filled out the form. He acknowledged he has a problem with chewing gum. He always, he completely forgot, I have the deepest respect, et cetera, et cetera. He's apologised to everyone, and it's a beautiful. It's like he's read Terry Bull's pro forma.
0: I tell you what, though, bubblegum is causing issues. There was allegedly an issue with a gentleman in a uh, customised Scanlan's footy card T-shirt with elbows picture, claiming he was refused entry into the... Uh, Roosters' venue. This is last week. Yes, against yes. the Warriors, I think it was. And uh, and and again, I don't think the issue was you know whether he had a shirt, had a collar or not. It was that he was chewing bubble gum. It was nothing to do with elbow. No, no, no. no Nick Politis, well, he's, he's he's the red under the bed, right if, there. If I'm reading the polls correctly, security guards would have no idea who the image was <laughs> on the front of that shirt. They go, I don't know who that is, but. So, I mean, I you know, we talk about scourges in rugby league, be they performance-enhancing drugs, recreational drugs, alcohol or whatever. We've got to get right on top of this bubblegum issue. And by the it's way... It's a blight on the game. Yeah, it had to be bubblegum, right? You can't blow chewing gum. If you can, you're a genius.
2: Oh, no, it's different. Very different...
0: Texture. Texture. It can't work. Yes, Panthers With fans.
2: The Panthers fans. Uh, and there's people blowing up deluxe. There's a lot of Raiders fans blowing up deluxe about them copying the viking clap and i'd say that most of these people that are blowing up deluxe are probably under 14 years old
0: <laughs> yes true
2: and don't know that uh the viking clap is a recent thing and to to me if you do something like that it's there to be mocked and and the panthers the panthers with all their hubris and christian and un-christian Crichton with all his gracelessness and his lack of dignity and trying to Push around Jackie Boy White and go, nya, nya, ni nya, What I'd like to see, not so much the bulldog strength and conditioning coach, because that, that wasn't a boxing match. The guy had, he, he'd yelled out and been a dick, but he hadn't actually said, I'm up for someone to punch me in the head. Whereas Christian Crichton, I believe, has said that. And I think what should happen is Jackie Boy White should say, $100,000 of your money, $100,000 of my money, into a charity boxing match. You and me, Christian. What do you say?
0: I tell you what, Gal would love to get a piece of that, who I believe is potentially in contention for the Australian Heavyweight Championship, whatever that means. But, look, the thing about the Viking clap is it's appropriated from a fairly recent European football cup involving the great nation of Iceland. And yeah. if, if there's one good that will come out of this, because I essentially agree with you, I think it's, it's ripe. I mean, Michael Ennis set the agenda and like pretty much anyone can imitate the club.
2: Oh, I wasn't being disrespectful.
0: Exactly, because there is no respect in rugby league. We saw that repeatedly during the week. Yeah. But I, I think that... Um, It's good for everyone to understand what the history was Mm. because it came out of the fact that um, all the fans living in Canberra go, my God, it's positively Icelandic in this town. (laughs) And hence the Viking clap actually fits in with the DNA, plus the fact that it's a well-known, well, it's probably not that well-known, that there was a very hardy group of Vikings who went south a few centuries ago. And formed Canberra. Got landlocked. Found the lake. Like, and then Lake George dried up. And This, is, this the, is
2: before the last, during the last ice age, when there was water all the way into Canberra. Yes. And they, they got landlocked there. And, and, they, and they've been clapping ever since. And they've been
0: reminded of home,
2: given the temperature. And again, rugby league is about redemption. It's about turnaround. The, the Panthers dynasty will end. Just as the Raiders window, the current one, might be slipping a little bit closer yeah. and closer to being closed. Now, who M- was the last team? that They've had 21 wins at home now, the Panthers. Who was the last team to beat them at home?
0: I'm only assuming it was well, the Raiders. Well, of course it was. It was the Canberra
2: Raiders and they, they gave them a cuffing in 2019. This is a very different team. But to me, the Panthers fans know that. That this was their nemesis. We've had two grand finals with one-one each against each other. This is the nemesis. Any like Fair play. Turnaround is fair play. I, I'm fully up for it. And Panthers, your time will come. Your dynasty will end. And when it does... Oh, it'll be wonderful. And of course, Panthers fans are butthurt because in 2013, they had their um, membership pamphlet that they sent out. And they got a, a graphics company who weren't a rugby league graphics company. And the gentleman who did the design was just Googled rugby league pictures, Panthers, and found a picture of a Golden Point victory at Penrith Park. And these players climbing each other after a player had kicked a field goal in Golden Point. Problem was, it was Todd Carney fist in the air, being mobbed by Canberra players, and he's put this in black and white on
0: the back of the membership here with the Raiders, oh, no. beating your team at your home ground. Turnaround is fair play. When you say dynasty, though, how long did the Ming dynasty go for?
2: Ooh, Was it decades? It wasn't hundreds of years, was oh, it? Right, I'm, was just it? Worried I'm it. not sure.
0: I'm just worried about that, I think. I, you know. So
2: you're thinking about the, the Ming, the Merciless.
0: Yes, yes, uh, who um, could be building his own dynasty up there in Townsville at the moment, Toddie Payton. They're, mm. they're looking surprisingly good, the Cowboys, aren't they? Well, see, I believe that's a myth. They've had the Raiders twice. So. Again, I stand corrected.
2: <laughs> uh, but the, it was a weekend with, with – there was games of contrasts. There was independent doctors saying one thing in one game, one thing in another. There was sin being in one game and not in another. Chris, what's going on?
0: It's hard to follow, Dennis. And uh, at the heart of it, I think it's the first immutable law of rugby league, and that is big club theory. Mm. And I think it was writ large again. And it really is hard to follow. Now, some of this, I think this centres on the referees, but the independent doctors, whoever the hell they are, I mean, I really want to see them identified. I want to see their credentials. Do you think the independent doctors, notice it's plural,
2: might actually be the germ warfare experts and the biosecurity
0: experts, both plural, who are actually the same person. <laughs> Do you think it could be the same person? Well, Valandis has pulled that uh, card before with his biological expert. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Anyway, whoever th- this person is... Jason Talmalolo in said game with the Cowboys uh, really giving it to the Titans. At one point, he knew he was somewhere within the vicinity of the Cape York Peninsula, but he certainly couldn't identify the town he was in. He remains on the field. Kalen Ponga, in their fixture against the Parramatta Eels at McDonald Jones Stadium, Mm -hmm. brushed a knee, sprung to his feet, independent doctor hauls him off. It's hard to follow. Look at the referees. I often do. Jeremiah Nanai. Mm. Absolutely sensational, having a great year for the Cowboys. Yeah, he gets a player in that, as they say, dangerous position, slightly beyond the vertical. So he's held responsible for that. Ever since you and I have been following the game, Dennis, what is that? It's 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 a it's a report. It's on report, right? Yeah. No, he's in the bin for ten. Now with the game on the line, as did we're... he dump him on his head? No. No, just no so it was just, he got slightly, him beyond the horizontal. And then down he came. Base over apex yeah. slightly. Yeah, but just, I, I didn't see any malice in it, and I think he'll be uh, uh, unlucky to get away. Can week. I ask
2: you this one? This The, the absolute uh, Occam's razor of this.
0: Is it Jeremiah Nanai's, Nanai's go? I'm absolutely convinced it's not his go. Not
2: his go. Uh-huh. But a, he was sent to the bin regardless.
0: Nonetheless, but then we come up against the incident that we saw yesterday between the Sydney Roosters and the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Now, Sydney Roosters, let me see. Are they are they big club? Oh, they're as big as they come, mm-hmm. Dennis. Dragons? No. So what happened? So yeah. with the game in the balance, uh, Ravalara, the fantastic St. George Illawarra winger, former Raider, is scooting down the right-hand touchline. Oh, there was he, a sorry. line break. He was, yes. Yep. And Daniel Tupu, as I said, he hasn't got him high. He's got him in the top of his head. He's basically scalped the kid. Yep. And the referees immediately gone to the bunker and said, I don't think it's as bad as it looked. Because it was a rooster. Yeah, and the bunker said, you're right. And there was a penalty. No sin bin. Everyone's going, sending off. He's got to go. I mean, he's a great guy too, we love him. He never smiles. Never smiles on the field. Not his go. But seriously, at least 10 minutes in the bin. And the very, very measured and wonderfully successful coach of the Dragons, Anthony Hook Griffin, had this to say.
3: Did you
0: have any issue with the tackle on Jaden Sewell? Yeah, yeah, I have got an issue with that. I've got more of an issue with the other one. Um, you know, you would have got two years in jail at Magic Round last year for that. <laughs> I'm serious. You know? Um, so. Yeah, yeah. He had 30, 30 metres. He was. Drop back on last play at 30 metres to decide where to tackle him. And um, it was direct contact with the head. Um, I, I don't understand the rules. Look, I'm sorry for everyone. That was obviously a blistering attack there by Hook Griffin, and it's very emotional language, and it's I probably should have prepared you all better mm. for it because he was fired up to Lux. Um, was, was that played at the wrong sample, right? <laughs> That's right. It sounded like it had been slowed down a <laughs> little Yeah, that bit. was half speed. <laughs> There is you can imagine though, if he got a little bit more animation in his voice, he's not that far away from Rodney Dangerfield, is he? <laughs> not at all. But you know, he's alluding to the crackdown, which I mean you ended up with about nine players on the field against Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs in your magic round game, didn't you, last year? Oh yeah, we lost a couple. Yeah. And so Thankfully this, it was the Bulldogs. If if I was wanting to establish the first immutable law of rugby league physics being big club theory, that's definitely exhibit A. Yeah. But Supremo and there are a few supremos floating around in the NRL at the moment. Uh, Graham Felix Annesley had this to say.
3: The process that the match officials go through, whether it be the bunker or the referees on the field, in making any decision is based entirely on what they see, not on going through a thought process of where does this, comp- where does this team sit on the ladder? Uh, are they one of the high-profile teams or, or one of the so-called teams that are, you know, don't have the same profile? You know, l- let's, not, let's not allude to uh, some type of conspiracy uh, when in fact what it really is is that on a given day, a team's not good enough to win.
0: Ooh, fighting words from Annesley, but didn't you think that those criteria, you know, where is this team on the ladder, is this a high-profile team, He wasn't freestyling there, was he? It was almost like he very clearly understood what those criteria are because these are the criteria that are presented to the referees before they go out onto the field. And they execute it week in, week out, big club theory. It's real, Dennis.
2: Oh, I want to see. We know that when there was the rat in the ranks at the storm, there was two books. There was was one book for the auditor and there was one book for the accountant. And they were very separate. And there's a lot of claims that Craig Bellamy knew nothing about the second book. A lot of players knew nothing about it. I believe some of them did. But anyway, that's, that's There was two. There in was the two past. books. Is the two rules? What I want is to find a spy in, the, in the, can find that second book because that second rule book is the one that says one, and which he was actually quoting from. As you said, he was quoting from the second book, saying, where, who's this on the ladder? Who owns this club?"
0: So if law one is big club theory, big clubs get the calls. Yeah. If the second law of rugby league physics is that the bigger the club, the lesser the penalty yep. is the third, that like when they first came up with the idea of the multiverse, I believe it was in DC, the you know, Justice League of America, Justice League of Society world, we had Earth 1 and Earth 2 at slightly different vibrational speeds. Ooh. Are we suggesting there are two laws of rugby league <laughs> vibrating <laughs> at slightly different speeds? And the refs are given the Earth Two version. I like it. No. I'm not dismissing it.
2: I think they might have that. I think, but I think there's a second. I think if if we can't find it, we need to create it. Yes, we need to actually create it and publish it. The conspiracy books. Get it all out. Can I just add just
0: a little bit coming out of the press conferences, which are, let's face it, gold. Um, Hoku was just again like Ravalara, up on his toes, you know, very happy with the victory, and Ben Hunt giggling away at the. Beautiful stand-up work being done by his boss. Um, they're very, very media conscious now. Oh, yeah. And here's a couple of examples. Here's one from Hook in his press conference. I'm not here to, to um, bag anyone or make that the story of the night, but it's just black and white. Are you aware of any other story coming out of that game other than the hoop-toopoo high tackle?
2: Well, I know there are some Roosters fans trying to uh, get a narrative that they were gutted by the refs because there was some call apparently at some point where there could have been there could have been a penalty, and you know they weren't. And, and the quote is, "I'm not saying he would have necessarily kicked it, but." you know, that could have been a penalty and it was a two-point game. All I'm saying. Sure. That- ten,
0: ten penalties in six against a five and two Tupu stayed on the field. And they just still put want it more. away.
2: And they want more because they're the Roosters and they're a big club and they believe they deserve it.
0: And a non-big club, uh, the disconsolate and apologetic Adam O'Brien just had this little snippet in his night's presser.
1: Yeah, I don't want to give you a headline, so I'll choose my words really carefully, but not acceptable.
0: <laughs> and there's your headline right there. The, the other contrast, Dennis, uh, mm. very quickly, because um, we don't want to dwell too much on the shortcomings of people, but if you did catch any of the Warriors' capitulation in some difficult circumstances last night to the Storms, mm. at the beginning of the second half, none other a figure than Nelson Asafa Solomona.
2: Hero of the people.
0: Put a very deft chip kick in on the left-hand side, picked up by the flying mullet, Pappenhausen. Try. Try assist to big Nelson. Big club soaring high. Mm. Unfortunately for Redfern Pat, a club not soaring so high right now, the South Sydney Rabbitohs went down in a thriller to the West Tigers. Now,
2: that was that was one. Was there a field goal in that?
0: Yes, there were a few attempts, uh, but there was
2: only one actual field goal, wasn't there?
0: Yes. Were, were there any other attempts? Did yes. the Rabbit have a shot? Yes, there was a shot by one uh, of the Rabbits. You might have Reynolds? missed it. No Reynolds, no, Reynolds. isn't there. He's is gone. He? So who'd they have? Who's their first choice kicker? Lachlan Elias, perhaps. Lachlan Elias. No. Did he have a shot? No. Oh, who'd they give it to? Jai Arrow. Jai Arrow. <laughs> and how was it? Not too good. He's, he's still worried about that whole dog incident that uh, <laughs> featured largely in the press last, the, the prior weekend. So uh, rugby league goes back and forth. It really does.
2: Yeah, I, be- I, I believe the quote was, that's the single worst shot at field goal there's ever been. But with that, with, you've mentioned the Storms game and Munster, Munster, the, sto- the, the one that, that controlled the spider cam last week. Um, he's getting hotter and hotter.
0: Well, he is, and now that Calum Ponga is recommitted to the Newcastle Knights, apparently the dolphins are circling. Right. As in the Redcliffe Dolphins. Do dolphins circle? That That's a discussion. Yes, they do. They do. They do they circle. Do. Okay. I,
2: I have actually seen it in the flesh, in life. I saw it at Brunswick Heads in the river. There was two dolphins. There was a couple of fish. They circled around, and then they separated, and one of them was making a lot of splashing and noise, and the other one circled around. Next thing, he's literally thrown the fish through the air to the other dolphin. Wow. This is like it's at SeaWorld, who has caught it in the air.
0: That's extraordinary. Well, they are,
2: they are, They're playful. They like to circle.
0: And this is because apparently Wayne told some hot, ho, excuse me home truths to Kalen about what life is like in rugby league. Mm. And do you want to be, as they all say these days, the best version of yourself? And Kalen said, sounds too hard. I'm, <laughs> I'm staying at my Merriweather milk bar where I like my strawberry thick shakes so there was a press mm. conference seated at the table was his father slash manager but not registered agent andre the brain ponger yep why he had a seat at the table is hard to fathom but we were talking about jeremiah and before yeah and i just wasn't thinking it was quite the right opportunity but this is the right opportunity mm. because in having a riposte and a retort to dean bulldog richie who broke the story at halftime dragons nights the week before about the Table. The, the extension being taken off the table, yep. which means the extension can't be put on the house. Mm. He said, basically, he said, suck on that, Dennis Bullfrog Richie. Oh, Tomato, club. I like
2: that <laughs> sausage sandwiches. Well, thank you to Three Dog Night, but for some of us, there wasn't a lot of
0: joy over the weekend. There was for me. Talk about joy to the world. Saturday night was one of the best nights of my life, Dennis. I, I did say to some of us, and I, I, I have to say, I, I, I seriously,
2: I started welling up twice this weekend. Yes. Once when they read the full ode at <laughs> the SCG. <laughs> But also hearing Jackson Hastings, when Jackson Hastings said, you know, Brooksy said, mate, you go the decoy, get it back to me, I'll nail it. And hearing Jackson Hastings talk, oh, I was, I was like, it was very emotional. Michael Carianis, he's now a Jackson Hastings specialist. <laughs> And he gets to Jackson after the game and gets down on his knees with Jackson and talks him through. And it, like, it was, it's emotional. It was, it was moving. And any rugby league fan is on the Tigers now, especially if they're Raiders, don't get a single play the ball in the Panthers' half in the second half.
0: So this is a phenomenon that I refer to as rugby league famine. Mm. And we saw lots of it last year under the Volandis uh, rulings of six again, basically if you breathe wrong. Mm. And it's been pared back a little bit, but there was a disturbing trend of some one-sided games or halves, Dennis. Yes. And it generally halves more than the whole game, which sort of reflects the rules, balancing things up a little bit. Um, come to yours first. Mm-hmm. In the second half, am I right in saying you had two play the ball's in no play the balls in Penrith's red zone at Penrith Park in the second half, no. and only two over halfway? Yes. So you're just racking it out from your own line repeatedly. The
2: whole time. And and it's fascinating that it was, a, it was a 10-1 penalty count at the 72nd minute. And some of the penalties blown against the Raiders being inside the 10 in the first half, someone's going to get a video and go, how come the Raiders are penalised for this being inside the 10? Whereas as the Panthers are holding the Raiders inside their defensive 10 metres. How come these ones aren't called offside? And the and the big club theory will come up and Annesley will say, oh no, it's just that they're a good team and so they don't get inside the 10 ever.
0: Yeah, I call that a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so with a really, really tough second half, Dennis, mm. and um, the Viking clap in Broglie, and let alone the little stouch at the end.
2: Well, the little stouch at how, the end. How is Ricky feeling? Well, Ricky... Well, Ricky had this to say. Ricky,
1: well, that's all we've got to talk he about. Made, he made some changes this week. Yeah, and I was very happy.
2: Fucking <laughs> it. <laughs> now, that's beautiful from Ricky. That is beautiful. You could hear Jack White and sniggering because they'd, they'd asked him all about the Viking clap. And this is, you know, <laughs> they've had a game, they've had a, a tough loss. And Jackie Boy White has said, you know, They've said they've put it to Jackie. It's a tough loss. He's like, yeah, that's rugby league. Sometimes that happens. You know, we're going to get back on the horse next week. We're going to have a crack next week. That's what we're going to do. Be better and all they asked about was the Viking clap. And they asked Ricky, and he said, seriously, going to ask me about that? They asked Jackie Boy, and he said, no comment. Like this isn't. I'm not here to talk about the Panthers fans we just lost we just had our pants pulled down we had a 10-1 penalty count and we lost by 30 points
0: like James Tedesco yesterday
2: <laughs> wow wasn't that 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 was one of the greatest moments in rugby league magnificent behind they are fantastic buttocks you must miss them at the Tigers well,
0: we sure do <laughs> I bet you as, do and the boys around the rooms miss them too I can assure you
2: But so I, I think Ricky was there he was quoting from his favourite Bush poet
0: Henry excuse, Lawson excuse me because I was about to say it wasn't exactly as highbrow as that would get you for two years in jail if it was magic round no, but, no. But you're actually saying this was a literary reference? This is a literary
2: reference. Wow. If, if you Google Captain of the Push by uh, Henry Lawson or the alternative version, Bastard from the Bush. If you Google that, particularly the poem Bastard from the Bush, which it's contentious as to whether Henry Lawson himself wrote it or whether it was a parody of his Captain of the Push.
0: Okay, so this is Test Cricket... Jeff Henry Lawson is no, also a poet.
2: No, this is before Jeff Henry Lawson. Oh, okay. this is the actual poet Henry Lawson, oh, okay. the Englishman, um, who wrote "Waltzing Matilda." Did he? No, it's Banjo Patterson. It was. who was a huge rival of Banjo Patterson. These two hated each other. Like, Captain
0: Banjo Patterson, who, you know, of course, Captain Banjo, he was in. He was at Gallipoli. I believe that Lawson and Patterson went to a poe poetry jamboree at one stage and Ala Crichton and Whiten ended up nut to nut it was that be... hot <laughs> and they loved rugby league both of them didn't you didn't you love the fact that it was your boy Joey I think refereed that game Yep. And he said the whole incident was garbage. And he didn't put anyone on report for that Malay at the end. He put the entire incident on report. <laughs> the entire, and and the, what came out of it? Nothing. Nothing. I mean, it's, it's almost, that's poetic. Yeah. Like, we're now putting concepts on report. <laughs> that's Earth 2 Rugby League laws of the game. Anyway, so how was this literary stuff Get well, he was quoting Ricky's from... Ricky's desk.
2: He was quoting... He, said he loves literature. He loves bush poetry. And he That's... was just quoting straight out from The Bastard from the Bush, which is a wonderful poem. And I, and I commend it to our listeners to go and Google it and find out the words. Um, but he wasn't the only one. There was um, the Warriors. Like, look, I, I almost felt good for the Raiders.
0: Thought, oh, 30 points isn't so bad. If the NRL physio Brian Seney can help us, help us, is there a condition for spectators who get a crick neck by looking in the one direction for an entire half. So if you're at the uh, Shark Park for the Cronulla v Manly game, 54 points of the 56 were scored down one end. So I thought
2: you were saying the crowd were going, you don't know, you're beautiful. To
0: Talakai, you're not. Ah. So- one comment I described in the previous week as a tank with the hands of a surgeon. I love that. <sighs> So you're looking one direction for an entire game, you're looking in one direction for the half up at Penrith Park. Oh, yeah. You'll do it. The yep. Warriors versus Storm, sixteen ten at the half, and then Solomon's kick of course led to that unfortunate clash with Dallin Watini Zelezniak's head and it had gone to 22, 10. It went to 70 to 10, Dennis. There were, I think, 10 tries banged on something. 10
2: tries in the second half.
0: Yeah, I mean, Xavier Coates scored 15 of them, which is almost a physically impossible, but it felt that way. And so the Warriors, they didn't get their pants pulled down, Dennis. They got basically nuded up. I mean, there wasn't a skerrick of clothing <laughs> left on them.
2: Can I put it to you that they were nuded up, they were rubbed down in butter, and they were put into a bath on of breadcrumbs. That's right. And made to run down the street as crumped cutlets. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> for a flock of voracious vultures. And Nathan Brown had no choice but to face the music with Adam Fenua Blake and he took a leaf out of Ricky Stewart's book in handling the big question. Some people did, yeah. I've got no doubt at all. I've been in this game a long time and it's disappointing to actually sit here and say that, but some people looked for the easiest, easiest way out they could and that's sad. That's not a reflection of all the players. We had some players that worked extremely hard. Now... He's done the thing where he's named some players. Sorry, he's identified that some players haven't put in. In fact, he suggested they gave up, which is a mm. really, really difficult allegation. But he was very smart to say not my middles because he had Fenua Blake next to him, <laughs> and that very, very intrepid cub reporter that grilled Ricky and gave him, put him into a corner, and he offered up Xavier oh, Savage's name. Yeah, she was there again, as we can hear now.
1: Will you tell me who and where and when? Ordinary Britons in
3: restaurants.
1: How many? Camps.
3: How many? I
1: would say at least
3: one in two. Where? In conversation. But I thought you'd just come from Belize. Oh, this is not the
1: first time
0: we've been here. But and we obviously raised the question. Of the- but kudos to Nathan Brown. He didn't name names. So uh,
2: my question is, what were Ricky and Nathan doing in Belize? Yeah,
0: that's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Not, not not working hard enough. But uh, I tell you what, rugby league famine, it's, a, it's like rugby league pestilence, which I assume is what Albert Kelly did to Payne Haas. But anyway.
2: Yeah, well, and there was other there was other famines on the weekend. Like poor old Morgan Harper, he was there singing, "Hello, is it me you're looking for?" And Talakai said, "Oh yes, yes it is, Morgan." And he was gone.
0: For every Katoni versus Katoni Stags versus Seesufer, Talakai, there is a poor Momoroski being joined in a support group by Morgan Harper. Or COVID Morgan Harper, as we now refer to him.
2: (laughs) And they'll be sitting on the Losers Lounge with us Raiders fans (laughs) having some misery. But do we have, Chris, do we have any Aurora Valley axes to grind?
0: Wouldn't be rugby league if I didn't have a couple of axes to grind, Dennis? A couple at least. Yeah. Now, um, my original axe to grind was about the ongoing story about rugby league taking a game to the United States next year. Yep. And Scott Penn, Manly CEO, said, "I've been the game will go off in the United States because they can't believe, and listen to this tremendous insight, that we don't wear helmets and pads. I mean, that insight was being peddled when they took Sterlo over to get stuck in that banner back in the 80s. It really is past its use by date. If I believe to... it
2: was used in the fifties yeah. when they tried to get the American All- when they got the American All Stars over here. A marvelous book about that called "No Helmets Re- Required" by Gavin Willissey. Shout out to Gavin.
0: Right. So I was going to tee off about that, but Paul Kent wrote an article about it on Saturday. <laughs> so he took my thunder. But he, that's what... he took your axe. That's not my first axe to grind. My first axe to grind is. We talk about arrogant and classless Panthers fans. Well, you know, hmm. I, you know, I'm not the b- biggest fan of the Kardashians and I thought that the useless field goal attempt from Nathan down the stretch, mirrored by the one successfully taken by Mitch Moses with the game's <laughs> completely done, 36 to 6, 38 to 2 or whatever the respective scorelines were. I'm sick of commentators and this is the great Blocker Roach who I love and adore and, and who revere. turned 60 on Saturday. Happy birthday Blocker And it Sunday. It upset me to learn that I'm actually older than Blocker. But <laughs> He just goes. Well, you gotta, you gotta get that simulation. You gotta have the simulation, you know. come semi-final time, you're not taking a game-winning field goal up 36 to six under 38-8. pressure. There's, there's no simulation.
2: They're not chasing you.
0: In fact, you'll get bad habits taking useless field goals during blowouts. All right. Can I point out
2: that the flat track bully? It was a very flat track in Newcastle. He he was getting kicks from the sideline. Yeah. So he got, I think, six out of eight or six out of seven, and he had a shot at field goal, and he got it. Again, when the pressure's on, he doesn't. He needs to take those kicks under pressure. Exactly. And there was one thing which I I have to say it. It pissed me off momentarily because the the Newcastle Knights, when he missed a shot at goal, the ground announcer has played Sweet Caroline, which it it made me laugh. Initially, I was like, oh, then I was like, he's playing because he missed a goal. But hang on, you're being pantsed. This isn't the time to be trying to take the, the mick.
0: I'm telling you. And, and look, I thought the other axe I've got to grind is that I thought the press was pretty good with the Anzac Day illusions this w- weekend. They oh, didn't no. overcook it. But Peter Bedell, who I don't mind his work, from the Courier-Mail in Brisbane, get this paragraph from the Broncos' victory over the Bulldogs. But in a stunning final quarter, Blitzkrieg, the Broncos oh, showed yeah. the fighting spirit of the Anzacs. Oh, no. Sucker-punching last place Canterbury with five tries in 21 minutes to leave the dogs sprawling in the trenches. Do better, Peter Vidal. Do better. That's my Arara Valley Axes to Grind, and I'm thrilled the Axemen are up, and I'm looking forward to our Jerky Boys sponsorship. Can't wait for it. Now,
2: before we go, Chris, there's something that's missing from Rugby League. Something that has been part of the game for 35 years, adding drama, adding theatre, adding pantomime, keeping coaches and journalists honest. That's why they're getting away with this stuff. That's why the coaches are now coming out and Hook's making one-liners, because no one's keeping them honest. No one's holding them to account. There's something that's been an integral part of rugby league. Many fans haven't known the game without it. For 35 years, Pat wouldn't know the game without this and it's been relegated to the periphery and Rugby League is the poorer for it.
1: You'd walk into a press conference like a boxer walks into the ring. Your mouth strategically turned up to one side Was it a sneer or a grin? You had one eye with a cheeky glint As you blinded them with spin Now that you're gone, all the coaches are boring Coaches are boring and there's no way Who, me? Me? There's hardly been a season without you, there's no, way. there's no way. How can there be a season without you, without you, without you? You came down 35 years ago, and since then you've never stopped. You coached the Raiders, Broncos, Dragons, Knights, more Broncos and Souths. And you took them all to the top. Rusty wanted you to stay. You told him you would not. You'd had a dream and you signed with the Dolphins. Signed with the Dolphins now. There's no way. Hey, the coaches are so boring without you. There's no way. How can there be a season without you, without you, without you? Well, I hear you went to the Star of the Sea to meet Andre Ponga and his son The Melbourne Storm got Harry Grant and the Chooks got the cheese You denied you've signed O'Sullivan You're near of time but when you're meeting with some off-contract star do they shout you a coffee shout you a coffee and there's no way how can there be a season without you there's no way why must we have a season Who me?
0: So, what had Ray and his listeners so fired up? Next
1: question. Next question.
0: I can't tell you the truth. I can't tell you the the way that game panned out because I get fined, so um, I'm not going to answer any questions. I've done my job. Thanks.
3: G'day, fellas. So, we do this. We've done this podcast in one way or another for. A long time. Mm-hmm. We all work in various capacities in other form of, of media and entertainment. So we know that this this trick or hack to making media, do you just have a little think about it before you do it? If we've got an idea, we might bring it, you know, would you guys be interested in doing this? I'm just going to do this. Or sometimes I even write down some notes. Do you? So that as we're going, you know, maybe there's some stuff I need to remember, I get to them. And also sometimes one of us will bring an uh, idea to the table and then that just might not be right that week. Maybe it needs a bit more work. Maybe it doesn't quite fit. And that's often some of the best stuff gets carried. You <laughs> just and, put the rubbish on it. And to be honest, uh, sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll start something and maybe it just doesn't work the way we thought we would and it's just, it sucks, but you have to just stop and move on. Yep. Matt Thompson does not do that. And this this week we're doing the week that was for Matt Thompson. <laughs> Okay, so it starts on... So Wednesday's his podcast day. So it starts his first commitment is he does with Gus. And they try and be a little bit wacky or whatever, you know. And so his big thing that he's bringing to the table is we're doing mu- music trivia with Gus.
0: Yes. Oh. So
3: it's... I know a lot of people listening would have heard this, but these are the songs he's asking Gus to, to name. <laughs> So Gus uh, it's, it, he didn't know enough of them and it's not even like interesting enough songs for it to be like conversation provoking he's absolute no Kenny Rogers no Kenny Rogers yeah um, so this is Gus response to that
2: let's well go. just stop it after each one we can't well that's Elton John Rocket Man. me <laughs> correct yeah I know this song it's um yeah I know that one. Good song yeah. You know her Yeah Is that all the time you're going to give me? We'll do it again now, to have to, Because you know, you know them Now just write them, down I, don't you know them. them. I don't know them I don't know them No, I can sing along with them But
0: I don't know them Come on You do know them
3: That would be my definition of a Maybe let's just put this one
0: out And and wow. that's just a fraction of that bit Yeah It, it went on for about went, five it was or six minutes brutal It, was, it was so strange
3: Very, a lot of Hey, you know that No, I don't Come on, you know that Wow Anyway, so we get to the end of... of all
0: people. Gu- I, I think Gus knew more about Destiny's Child than Beyonce, to be honest, but anyway.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, that was his promoting days, maybe. Yeah, that's um, right. So then we get Gus. Did, did Gus undeniably great orator? So he's talking about the West Tigers. They did it. This is against the Parramatta. This is last week. But they believed in themselves. They did it. They applied themselves. Even though they were hard, they stuck together and they worked through. And that's something that was quite stirring to hear for any, any fan. Um, but not Matt Thompson.
2: And then that booming kick where we all held our breath. Didn't you hold your breath? I held my breath. I knew he was going to kick
3: it. Oh, there's that. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) And then, so, moving on the game, they're talking about penalty counts and and tactics and and whatnot. Um, Towards the end, we got, you know, this revelation.
2: Didn't know that. (laughs) You've got to watch watch the game, mate. You can't watch it with your eyes painted on. Well, no, I didn't see (laughs) the whole game. Um...
3: He must have known the result.
0: Well, I mean, we talk about rugby league gods. I mean, basically what we're saying, hearing from Thompson, is he's omniscient. He knows the kick's going over. He knows what happens in the game without watching them.
3: Well, he might be on something. I it's always the, the person you least expect. Yeah. Least suspect.
0: Because you, you're you a rugby league god, man.
2: Did he just call Gus a rugby league god, man? He did.
0: Wow. Whereas he's just a flat-out rugby but, league uh, god. See, I
3: interpreted that as um, you... Uh, you're a man of rugby league. Like, you're a man of God. He's a man of rugby league God. This but is, it could be is. you're a rugby league man. Like, you're a, a, what do you call like a demigod?
0: Yeah. Or this you is just, getting very biblical. Or you just described to the thesis that the rugby league gods are a real thing. So, anyway, is oh.
2: a man God, son of God, you know, is he like the Christ figure? Is he the son of the rugby league God? Is he the rugby league God made flesh?
0: I don't know. With Thompson, it'd be more like you're a beer man, aren't you? You're a rugby league God man, aren't you? I think that's, <laughs> I think that's where it's pitched.
3: So, would say maybe not the best start to Maddie Thompson's Wednesday. That that effort, he had his his music trivia segment didn't go down too well. He's being called out on air about uh, not watching the game. Yep. So we move on. He does uh, Joey and Freddie. I I actually yeah really like hearing Joey and Freddie talk. They do need a little bit of guidance, but honest people, good insight. Um, Mayor of of the shy David Stringfield says that the way he tries to be like wacky and get in on the jokes is like when your parents force you to hang out with your little cousin <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: but, but following the following the music trivia in the morning he's tried this in the afternoon like reading out of Sterlow's trivia book I've got this question see if you guys can get it
2: uh, I was who am I I was a champion school boy player and a first grader by the age of 18 Paul Langmack nope I played 13 seasons with my club, and despite playing in two grand finals, I never ran a victory lap. Late in my career, I knocked back a number of lucrative offers to play in England, and I retired in 1994 at the age
0: of 30. So, it'd be a dragon, right?
3: Two grand finals in the 90s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it actually turns out, I don't want to go too far ahead, but it turns out it's this guy.
0: But, you know, they've got a spring in their bonnet. Uh.
3: <laughs> it's Ben Elias. Um, but <laughs> this is this is how that segment wrapped up.
0: Andrew Housens? Correct.
1: No, he said... Well, what do you want me to do about that?
2: Paul Langman? <laughs> do you want me to exclude them? Then we might never come up. I well, played it's...
1: in two grand finals. I know it was a Super League. If Ian Turkey, was, the other he was one?
2: judging it, Super League won.
1: Yeah, yeah, and what was the other one? And did not make no, the final in the one other one? Final? I didn't. It uh, would have been one. Anyway. I played in two grand finals. <laughs> Turn the page, it might not be ET.
2: Hang on. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It? It's Benny Elias. No, it's not. Is it? Yeah, it is. Sterlo.
0: Do I feel better about our show?
3: <laughs> so I I edited that down. Oh, really? For, for, uh, just for logistics sake. But that's a whole minute. Wow. That's a whole minute that they put on recorded and YouTube of of just them meddling about so that wednesday that podcast ended with that so they're talking about the west tigers and you know it is they deserve every price um but so matt thompson's already said i knew that Parramatta would win then he said i didn't watch the game then later in the day he said this
1: you were just waiting for power
2: to win that though weren't you you're saying, yeah. oh the fairy tales it's not gonna last but it, it did
1: it did they held on what?
3: So and then so maybe you're thinking, well, he's a he's a commentator. The, putting him in that that chair role, maybe that's not for him. Um, you're doing this out of context. Play some of his commentary. I oh, know. So we get to Anzac Day. We got the ceremony. Oh no, Dennis. What's the golden rule of media? What's the What's the first rule?
2: Well, if the dip, is the mic open? The, the mic is always open.
3: is always open. Yeah.
0: I didn't need to
3: pick up there. Tough old week for Matty Thompson. Can I just
0: say, Matt, we're here for you and we'd love you to come in and we'll share. We'll share the problems. Oh, look, come in.
2: We need to get him on the show. Yeah. We can't, You can't just openly slag someone off and then not get him on the show 100%. and give him a right of reply. He needs a right of reply. We need to get JJ on here as well. We've yep. had a go at JJ. Yep.
0: I walk into the change rooms there, I've got 47 Texas. I never turned my phone on after the game, but I thought, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't wrong in what I was thinking tonight. 47 Texas. Every one of those Texas agreed with every fan out there and everything I believe in.
3: You get a new layer to that clip every time you hear it, don't you? <laughs> so we're talking, uh biggest thing that's come up this week is Emma Dominey has, has started this. The Emma of our Lord. And yes. I think she has progressed this conversation, so... We've got Flog versus Pest versus Grub. And I think a way that we've always thought about it was it's a linear scale. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you go from one point to the other. Now, if you look at her definitions, it's more of a triangle we've right. got with this one. So we've got Flog. Flog's the kind of person you see. They're not harmful. And you look at them and you say, that's why you play rugby league. They're just a bit of a... some bit off, I guess. <laughs> right? So she said Clint, Clint Gutherson because if he's his sort of antics and behaviour on the field, not harmful, but it's like eh, no. It's a pest, so that's more annoying than the flog, but still harmless. Considered cheeky, a larrikin, and often gets away with more than they should. So she said DCE to it with his behaviour towards referees. Okay, yep. So then on the other axis of the axis axis of the triangle, you got grub, and that's unsportsmanlike, but in a tactical way. Ennis. And as she had Radley, is probably one of the dying breeds. Mm. But so they've got... So you got sort of the harmful side, but in a, in a tactical way. So it's a, it's a new... Um, we might put the, the call out later in the week um, about names and, and
0: suggestions. To throw in Pest as well. I need more on Pest.
3: Pest, yep, yep. What about... Uh, so we had Germ.
0: Yeah, Germ. Simon Wolford. Do you mm.
3: remember uh, Ben Teo versus... Uh, Danny Widler from
2: 2014. Oh. Yes. I someone else asked made a decision about his future yet.
1: If that's coming from him, I'm not answering that I'm not asking Surely you know
2: not to come ask me any questions. Don't ask me anything. Don't ask me any questions.
1: And I'm there, don't ask me nothing. And I'm German. <laughs>
3: so that's, I think, germs as harsh as you can get.
0: Where are they? The cafeteria out at Redfern there or something?
3: So that is actually, like, great-looking footage. They're at the southern end of Redfern over where mm-hmm. the concrete landing is there. Um, yep. And it's Danny Weidler standing right in front of Ben Teo and Ben Teo looking 90 degrees so he doesn't have to look at him. Danny Weidler says, what are you doing next year? He's like, I'm not answering any questions for you. Then he says to the other journalist, can someone else ask him then? And Ben Teo's made, to make a, a new rule, <laughs> saying if it comes by a Danny Weidler, it doesn't. Um... Yeah. And then the last one for me is, uh, you know, I did say germ was the worst, but maybe this word could be considered the worst.
2: Here, you call me an expletive dumbo, now go.
3: You expletive dumbo. Whoa, Dennis, whoa. Sorry, guys. You
0: can cut that bit out, can't you? We're
3: going to get taken off of of, uh, iTunes.
0: I wouldn't mind renaming the show that, actually. (laughs) Expletive (laughs)
3: Dumbos. (laughs) Um, I did say last week about uh, songs you don't hear that often at the footy. I went to the footy and I hear a song you don't often hear. The West Tigers song. (laughs) <laughs> I heard the West Tigers been a game of football. Did they play this? I heard that they actually yeah. played this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow. Because what's
3: what's more embarrassing, the Tigers losing or the Tigers winning and having to hear this?
2: Because I only heard it in the background that I, I always turn the PA feed down because I don't want to hear no, whatever rumps no, are. They, rubbish they, they're they're they this. played it. I and mean, they did it a lot.
1: Oh boy. West
2: Tigers. <laughs> wow. Well, that's 47, Texas. Um, Chris, just before we go, do you have any reasons, any new reasons to dislike the Parramatta Eels?
0: Dennis, look, nothing is more important than a parent's love for their sibling. Homer Simpson once, of course, did say, they say the greatest tragedy is for a parent to outlive their child. And he says, I've never really understood that. <laughs> but, I mean, Newcastle, they've been through so much. The Brown era, oh, the Wooden Spoons, Smith. Exactly, the, the, the Wayne damage. Yeah, I mean the hope that reigned eternal up there at Newcastle on the Hunter Valley during the week with the signing of Kalen for five years They've with saved, no clauses. Yeah. Yep. with Andre the Brain by his side, father and son, and then Parramatta came out and beat them thirty nine to two. Those great Newcastle people, could you just not have reigned on their parade, Parramatta? I understand there's a premiership at stake, but that's just another reason to dislike the Parramatta Eels.
2: Well, follow Fire Up Rugby League on Facebook and Instagram. Follow Fire Up NRL on Twitter. And join the Blowing Up Deluxe Facebook group. And tune in next week as we fire up! Here, you call me an expletive Dumbo. Now go.